Alright, welcome back to Unhinged. This is episode 10. I'm your host. And today we have Shanti Vasu. Is that how you say it? Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, we've been trying to, I guess, get her on for four days and she um, was nice enough to come this fast. Uh, so, I guess tell us a little bit about your background. Are you educated at all? And then uh, loudly, I like to claim so. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I grew up in Salem with Morgan, and I guess you as well. Right. Um, lived here most of my whole life. My parents are from Canada. Most recently, and before that, they grew up in Africa and in England. So oh wow, I kind of have family all over. Kind of grew up bouncing all over um but most of my formative years were in oregon and then i went to college at a liberal arts institution in ohio so in the midwest and then spent some time in new york just for different um, freelance and kind of career related opportunities and Mm -hmm. then now i'm working as a social media coordinator and i also freelance with graphic design and different creative services um when did you get the creative bug were you in high school or probably as early as i can remember i think that definitely comes from my dad i think Hmm. he's always has a very strong sense of aesthetics so that definitely has always influenced just how i see the world um i would say like he taught me how to read when i was really young and ever since then i just have been taking in information visually i guess okay um and yeah he he always just would paint and do different kinds of he he had a lot of friends who were artists so i sort of grew up with that connection and then explored in different ways through high school do you think that um uh creative jobs um do you think it's about telling a story or making money I mean, if you tell a good story, hopefully you make money in the process. Um, I don't know. I think for me, what really I see is the creative through line is creating access to perspective. So Mm. that's done really well in a story because people love stories. Stories have a lot of empathy and emotion. And just um, when you hear a story, you kind of think about how you can relate to it yourself so it's really a good way to get kind of a message or information across to people who might come from different backgrounds so definitely really into storytelling but Hmm. definitely we also live in a world that is driven by commerce and money so i don't i don't think that that is possible at this point to kind of separate entirely sure uh well i guess what um is it bad if you're trying to make money doing it or should you love it first i guess doing um design or art or photos um if it's if it's not like such a lucrative career should you listen to somebody else telling you to do something else or should you stick to your gut and how do you do that well so i've listened to a few episodes of this podcast now and i think on the last one um was this well who's on the last one 
Uh, this girl, Morgan. Oh. Okay, Morgan was on there. I don't know. Mixed reviews, but <laughs> she seems okay. <laughs> um, no, but I think Morgan, my dear friend from high school, had some really beautiful points about how um, you can kind of have what you're passionate about and you can have what you do for your career. And sometimes it can be really helpful for those things to be separated a bit because you have more maybe time and freedom for what you really love and you can kind of dedicate yourself in a more functional way to your job um, being what you do do you want to kind of please um yeah i think it kind of depends on the person like i know like you Corey, would like to you having your passion be your career it's totally doable and something you would enjoy day in day out i know for me i think it would just make me really blocked creatively if i felt like i had to be creative eight hours every day and so i think it depends on like kind of who you are and sometimes you just have to try it out um to see but like i know just even being like an art minor some days i'd be like yep i'm not getting anywhere today Hmm. and like you can't draw certain days or paint or on a few experience that yeah I would totally agree with that I think earlier you were asking about my education so I went into college really wanting to as soon as possible get into kind of a creative career that was totally my goal out of high school Morgan and I actually did something called DECA which right. is um, sort of like speech and debate but for business and we did a lot of marketing through that and I just really loved being able to think on my feet being able <clears> to kind of troubleshoot solutions trying to think about who the audience might be and what they might respond to really kind of like the personal and the the people oriented aspect of business Mm -hmm. um so from that i knew i really wanted to do something creative and i was a art major and a communications double major um and i really really wanted to hold on to that art part because like i said i've always been really creative but in that college setting it was really hard to be artistic as an art major because Mm -hmm there was just such an idea of what that looked like and right. and how you were supposed to approach that and even what your output needed to look like. And that can be really helpful for some people when you're trying to kind of find your way as an artist. But right. I don't know, art is just like, it means so many different things to so many different people. And that's what makes it so cool. It makes it so accessible, you know, and kind of what I love about art and how so many different kinds of people can see the same thing and have their own interpretation and their own meaning. Mm-hmm. I think like it's so derivative from the fact that it can look like so many things. And yeah. once I dropped that down to a minor, not even kind of wanting to be more creative necessarily, I just feel like I had so much more freedom to just explore and, yeah. and imagine. What I actually look like. looked at a college, uh, the one in Portland, the... Um, PNCA? No, it was a, it was like a photo and design college. I think it's like OC, OCCU or something. Mm-hmm. I, know you're I don't know. That. It was three years, which wasn't bad. I think it was three years for like 40,000 or something. Um, but I guess what, what's your advice for somebody coming out of high school that wants to, is worried about like the financial part of it? Do they look at it as an investment or like how do they get over the, Cause like I blocked it out. I was like, no way am I spending that much. I'm going to figure it out. And that actually hurt me in a way because I, I would go back and forth between whether I was good enough at it, at taking photos or not, instead of being in it all the time, could have been an investment for me. 
but yeah no that's a really great point and I'm sure <laughs> that there's a lot of people I mean I talked about my dad being a major artistic influence but he made that exact decision where he chose to forego something that he's always been passionate about for a career in politics and philosophy because right. I think to him that had more of a realistic kind of real sure. grounding concrete yeah same reason I added the comm major even though you know that wasn't really what I was as passionate about I think I'm sure a lot of people get turned off from following something that they are really excited about because they're not sure how to make it work. But yeah, I don't know. I would just say that like, like what an 18 year old that's that an 18 year old you. Well, the same way the art can look like a lot of different things. I think you can come to it a lot of different ways. Some of the most artistic people I know, you know, it's a side project or a hobby for them. Mm -hmm. And maybe they have more freedom that way, like we're talking about. But also, like, I think wherever you find yourself, as long as you kind of have your heart and your mind set on something, you right. can also always find a niche. And that's, like, really what where I found the most creative validation in college. And even now, it's, like, not always the thing that is most immediately obvious to you, like going to a program where it's all kind of spelled out. Maybe it's, you know, you're in the middle of the country, in the middle of nowhere, and you find like an organization that really needs a logo. And you're really yeah. just, oh, there's a need and here's something I want to learn. And you so, can help someone else while also kind of doing what you want to explore. Like offer know? it for free first or no? Not even offer it for free. I mean, right. Like I had to do that though. Totally, totally. Get your foot in the door. But I guess maybe I'm thinking more about networking and okay. just how if you're leading with your passion and you're leading with your excitement for what you want to do even if you're not in the place or the mindset even where you see it and it, it's tangibly possible i think there are doors that will open um because it's, it's really hard when you see someone who's so excited about something they love to kind of not want to Marks. have that exchange i was just curious since like you said your dad i mean i kind of know the answer but Corey doesn't other people don't um but since your dad is like such a creative and he has so many friends that were creative but like he didn't go that path himself. Did you feel like he was very much like, hey, you need to do what I did and like have the practical thing? Or do you feel like he was like, I regret not doing the practical thing? Like, do you think, because um, you know, obviously he's seen people be successful in both ways. Like, how do you feel like that influenced your decision in going in creative direction? You don't have to like go to. You know, parents are hard. <laughs> parents are hard, and I and you know I having friends who are considering or you know thinking more about parenthood. I think it's a time in our lives where we start imagining what that might look for us. And I think like some people they do the opposite of what their parents did, and other people they kind of you know either you overcorrect or you you go you go one extreme or the other and or you're just completely different yeah sure right yeah, you like you, you it, there's there's definitely influence from our parents in beautiful ways but sometimes you know unexpected ways and i know that my dad um had a lot he was up against when he was growing up with his family mm -hmm. um my parents are both indian but my dad's dad um he was an engineer and he was a linguist so him and my grandmother got married really young. She's absolutely brilliant. Um, and she kind of left school, uh, didn't didn't go on to pursue the highest education she might have because they were got married. Um, 
and they came to England where they knew nobody. They had really no connection. They yeah. come from India where they had huge, beautiful families. It was a warm environment. And his dad, basically, his whole life was about work. And I know for my dad that was really hard because he didn't maybe have to support the connections, the kind of encouragement growing up that he maybe wanted, just with whatever he was doing. Yeah. And I would definitely say that even though my dad, when he made his own career decisions, decided to go a safer route that, like, still one where I think he excelled. Were you in the picture yet? No, no, no. I mean, I came along later, but <laughs> I, I would just say that my dad never lost, and I've never seen him without his passion. So he always the, makes for time for it. Yeah, like yeah. It, it might not be, he might not be an artist, but I mean, every trip that he took us on when we were younger, mm-hmm. when we would come home, there would be kind of some artistic expression he would do. Um, <laughs> even when we'd be like playing card games growing up, he'd always be like drawing or doing little sketches of us. Like he never lost that form like that medium in his life and right. i think that definitely inspired me in ways i didn't realize in the moment when i found myself in environments where it was like how am i going to be creative in the ways i want i mean yeah. there's there's always there's always pencil and paper there's always somebody who might not see something about themselves that you could use a form of expression to help capture or bring to their attention yeah. like, there's always a story to be told and i think yeah. that's really lost on young people when they feel like it's not accessible to them immediately. It was really lost to me when I didn't get kind of the trajectory going I wanted most immediately. But I feel like I've just been always so inspired by how my parents have persevered and really stayed true to what's important to them in their life, even though in their life has not looked the way they would have thought. So it seems like your dad's pretty influential in in your life. My parents are both pretty incredible people. Yeah, think, give me somebody else outside. Your Someone family. Inspiring. Yeah, outside of your family. Um, I mean, kind of going along that same vein, I think I draw tremendous inspiration from people I see staying really true to themselves. I mean, mm. especially we're, we're all kind of early 20s. This podcast is people in their early sure. 20s. Um, yep. I think maybe the past few years we've just had our very trying in terms of wanting to find yourself and also your place in the world, your purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think all of those things, you know, really benefit from role models and people you can look to who, when you feel unsure, you feel like the choices you're making, you can't see the end result. You don't know if they'll be in your best interest. You're kind of just taking a leap of faith. Yeah. I'll talk on uh, being unsure. I guess uh, I've, there was a lot of that from, age like 19 to 22 probably just being unsure if I was doing the right thing and now I guess three or four years later well I'm 24 now but like if you just do it instead of thinking about it <laughs> Morgan's taught me that really right so yeah I then, was the, then, say, then you can be sure to, right you been, know what I mean yeah. it, small decisions everything from day-to-day stuff to like goals you actually want to hit but that like doing it instead of saying you're gonna do it or whatever you know i mean i'm like a huge planner like i've i've always loved having a plan it's it's really fun for me to make a plan um but i think i've become a lot more comfortable with trial and error and a huge part of that kind of what you're saying with influences is being able to look at people and see ways that people around me have staying really true um have stayed really true to things that matter to them but then maybe what they thought that they would be doing or how they thought they would be doing those things has taken different routes i mean 
I feel like Morgan, like you're a really good example of that to me because there's definitely things I've seen you passionate about from the very start of our friendship and sure. they've maybe evolved in form or in practice. What is one of those things, Morgan? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know what you're passionate about? Well, now I don't know what you're referencing. <laughs> well, I mean, there's just, there's like through lines that I feel like our lives have taken so, it's it's really cool to be at this age and like look back on friendships with people that have kind of like had this ebb and flow in your life and maybe Mm -hmm. you know you're closer or you're farther apart in both proximity or even just like the connection you feel but you know you can kind of trace these ways that you overlap and come back together or there's just like enough I mean I think you've always been a really creative person um I think like I'm thinking about we did Oli pageant together and you had this amazing creative idea um I remember like all these photo shoots we did just kind of for fun, all these ways that you were, your birthday <laughs> party when you were growing up where you planned this ellaborate, amazing um, murder mystery <laughs> for all your friends. I love murder you know? mystery so much. And it's definitely like, there weren't a lot of other people doing things like that, but I think like your passion for it and your, your willingness to just like own how passionate you are about the things you are and not really, it doesn't really matter if other people around you are not on that same wavelength and that's sometimes hard for me i've i've learned about myself that i'm super comfortable i'm super confident when i'm comfortable if i can kind of ground myself like look around and say okay i'm in an environment where people somewhat understand where i'm coming from or maybe um, you mean somebody wouldn't understand where you're coming from well i mean so (laughs) how do you own that that's been really hard that's it's super hard and especially trying to be creative in that kind of dynamic is super hard that's totally how I felt when I you know went from living my whole life in Oregon which is Hmm. a pretty open-minded pretty moderate place for the most part yeah like uh is there a myth about photography that I could debunk yes it is lucrative you just have to be specialized and grind it out find your niche yeah find your niche and your network I think it's Hmm. those are the two kind of pillars between which I feel like I've found success. Yeah. Kind of finding other people to connect with, um, kind of with either a shared area of interest or just aspirations. Like, I I just, I love the feeling when you're kind of surrounded by people and you have a similar goal in mind that you're maybe all working towards from different directions. You're all doing different pieces of the puzzle, but there's some kind of shared objective. Um, Right. And niche, yeah, I think that you can really just find a place to offer yourself in whatever form you may be. So you don't consider yourself a photographer at all? I I don't know. I think Do you enjoy taking photos? I love taking pictures. Okay, so you love taking pictures. All right, let's uh, segue into... uh, Okay, um, Morgan can interrupt. Here we go. Oh, sorry. Just kidding. Um, I was just going to say, so you talked about kind of like networking. Mm -hmm. So one, I have two questions. So like you've been in Oregon and then Ohio and New York and going back to New York. Um, How do you, one, network in a new place because that's, really hard to do and then how do you do that without being like i don't know like sleazy mm. about it like using oh, about it like because i think that's so hard is like people don't like it when you network and they know you're networking but people want you to like relate to them and help them and help each other out but like how do you network build without that selling naturally yourself? like not in this very forced way yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of factors. I think you definitely have to have 
some belief in yourself, which is sometimes the hardest thing to come by when you're trying to do these things. Um, I think that belief in yourself kind of helps you be proud to put your point of view out there. I think, you know, that's like what we all have that can differentiate ourselves. No matter, even if you're sure. even if you're next to someone who looks exactly like you, you have a point of view that's uniquely your own. And, right. and there's aspects of that that you can kind of find a way to connect with anyone from. It's just it's just about how you make the connection and how you kind of are just open to the connection. Um, so I think, yeah, like um, one way that I've sort of made connections is just by over the years trying to be confident in how I present myself maybe online sure. in, in in this kind of space that has remained consistent to wherever else I might be physically. It's like a really beautiful thing about social media, I dare say, is how you can kind of make yourself um, accessible. Sure. Even, even if your physical location changes or is restricted the way we kind of currently are with safety in mind. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think like using social media, I have like tried to put my point of view out there so that when I meet somebody and then I can kind of connect with them, they can sort of see what I'm about. Um, I definitely think those connections are not about, hey, I need this one thing. You seem like someone who could give it to me. Can you give it to me now? It's like, hey, like, who are you? What are you about? Oh, okay. Like, here's a way that kind of that intersects. And, and then maybe you have that person just sort of in your network that later on the connection happens you know i think you maybe talked about this in the last podcast as well it's like um that uh, i gotta um can i segue again i yeah, do this yeah. a lot <laughs> i love that word uh it makes me think of mall cop i know it does <laughs> paul blart mall cop <laughs> that movie's funny um did i answer your question i'm sorry i'm yeah no, I not good at short form answers i feel like um, or you can take the mic if you're gonna talk. I feel like I really struggle with the idea of networking. To me, it seems like marketing yourself, mm-hmm. which is very uncomfortable to me. And like I know, like I feel like you do it very naturally. Like I don't. I'm glad you think that. That means it's working. <laughs> like yeah, like, I feel like you're not like, hey, I want to do this thing and I need you to do it. Like help me and then buy. Like I feel like you're you're good at having like genuine relationships with people and then figuring out ways to collaborate and so i was just wondering like how you do that because i feel like i i don't know i over i don't know if i like want to do something with someone i get way too in my head about it of being like oh no like they're gonna think i'm using them or i don't actually care about them but that's not the case or something like that huh. and so i was just wondering like how you make that jump especially since like you've had to do it in such different locations where you might have to completely start that relationship from yeah. like nothing it's not like oh i remember in high school when we met up or like it's a whole new location i mean what kind of question is that totally totally <laughs> do you want to segue no i want you to try and answer that i don't even know what she asked it okay, was so, so long so morgan you're asking about how you kind of naturally um be comfortable with marketing yourself i guess was her question right right that's how it feels like it is but i know that's not what it really is this might not be the best answer but it's honestly the first thing that came to mind and that would just be to kind of lead with your passion i mean sometimes obviously obviously your passion is like derived from yourself and from your experiences and but it should offer something to somebody else too in a way i think that's true um 
I meant like inspiration. It doesn't have to be monetary is what I'm saying. It doesn't have to bring like what your uh, marketing doesn't have to be a sale necessarily. It can just be, hey, I'm passionate about this and that's okay. But I mean, this is, I think we're talking about even before it's about the money when it's just like about the connection. And I think, I think obviously it's such a beautiful thing that your perspective is kind of derived from how how much you are yourself and comfortable with being yourself and like which parts of yourself you're expressing but that being said I mean like I personally get the worst imposter syndrome and I think sometimes it's just about letting the project or the path the idea be bigger than yourself it's Mm -hmm. like you know what here's this thing and I'm so passionate about it I really want it to be alive in the world and I'm not gonna care maybe how it reflects on me or in my head it makes sure. me look lame or weird or yeah. you know un- unprofessional even to put myself out there maybe it's just about you know what i'm so excited about this project and and the life i could breathe into it like to be a vehicle for it that i'm just going to lead with the passion i have for this thing to exist and kind of it's trial or error like take right. take, take the misses that you might hit because you just believe in an idea you know mm-hmm. wow that's good how do you uh get through the mundane regular work if you have to do that first to get to do your passion i mean i would say i would say ideally you try to find passion in whatever it is you're doing i mean i mentioned that i'm working in social media right now and i know that we sort of have talked about that a bit um well it's interesting to me yeah i mean i i have always used social media i mean i think I remember making Instagram pages for so many of my friends because oh, really? when it first came out, I was just so, wow, like we can share photos about our lives. I was right. just so amazed by the concept that, you know, I would I was what you would say an early adopter. Sure. That being said, I definitely have had early investor, you know, investor, investor in in adopt. Yeah, I don't know. But you give Instagram money. No, I'm yes, I, I think she wrote the code. <laughs> <laughs> Totally lost what you had. What was the question? Oh, right, right, right. Okay, so how do you stay passionate about? <laughs> it's my fault. How do you how do you stick to what you're passionate about when um, maybe you kind of have other things on your plate that aren't as inspiring or? What I was referring to was yeah, um, like what I did, and somebody else can relate to this too. I don't know what you're doing with your face there, honey. Um, Forty hours. 60 hours a week uh working concrete and then trying to do photos on the weekend i was exhausted you know but see i bet then maybe you were seeing a really kind of interesting combination of i had money to buy equipment but even beyond that like maybe you're seeing you know you're seeing this process of something that not everybody gets access to and you're kind of seeing um, a working environment at different times of day and different kinds of lightings, a shadow, hmm. I imagine, with concrete and all. Hmm. No, no, nothing. Never got to take pictures on the job. But like you, you're seeing something, you know? I, mean, I got to be outside, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, middle of nowhere Ohio was not my ideal setting, right? But right. like there was so many things that I did there that I feel like if I hadn't been in that environment where at face value you know nothing was necessarily the most stimulating to me there's so many parts of myself i feel like i wouldn't have now working in social media now Mm -hmm. it's not at face value what i would say i'm most passionate about would you consider yourself a positive person 
Because it seems I, like no, no, it I seems like definitely, definitely you are. Not. I would say, really? I would say I'm. A, I'm surprised. I would self-identify as a realist. I think. Not, Interesting. Not not glass half full or empty. More like there's a glass of water and it. You know, if we were to drink it, it would probably be helpful because water is good. I don't drink enough water. It'd be good for us. But like, <laughs> we drink too much tea. Al- <laughs> I think more like regardless of the outcome, the glass of water is going to be there. And, okay. and there's a lot of approaches. Like it could be drink. It could not be drink. But ultimately, it's like contextual. You have to kind of like take in all the information. No, it's still okay. Honest. Okay. I would, just say a I would say that most Can people you- who say they're a realist are really a pessimist. But I'd say that you are truly a realist. <laughs> like you really. I do see like the positive and the negative in things. I don't think I would say I'm an uh, optimist. Yeah, like I, I really would say that you are a realist. Like, I, I haven't heard some much. People aren't really. <laughs> I haven't heard much negativity though this episode. So give me something negative. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What's something? I think, I think how you learn how to see an upside to everything is by maybe realizing, um, kind of. Have you ever felt like you couldn't do something and then you believed it? I have felt like I couldn't do most things that I wanted to. See, I don't see that when I talk to you, though. Well, it's the imposter syndrome. Oh, you're guys, putting on a front? There's a lot of things that I've wanted to do that I've had to find my own way to. And, and that kind of came from the immediate just overwhelming sense of wow this is not going to work out for me like this this didn't happen the way i immediately thought therefore it no longer exists and then you try to maybe live with that for a minute and then Uh it's the okay hold on but like i'm happiest when there's a camera in my hand you know i'm i'm most excited about the world when i connect with somebody over something that you know really brings out passion from both of us i think then there's those moments that kind of keep nagging at you when you think that a door closed and you think that it's no longer possible for you until mm-hmm. you start to kind of string along the pieces and so what are the yourself. what are the proactive steps to take to get out of that mindset of thinking that you can't do something like my sister said in the last episode that she was super afraid mentally to start p2 school like she was like there's plenty of other doctors that are smarter than me it's a very small pool it's hard to get into um are there is there like steps you take mentally to to like i don't know destroy your goals i guess crush them i mean you kind of talked on it you kind of talked on it a little bit and i talked on it by saying that you have to do trial and error but i guess th- can you think of an example like with this job is recent that you just got right it's pretty recent Where you, you said y'all i'm underqualified for this job <laughs> You know, is that a mental thing or, or are you actually unqualified and you're making it work? I, I would, you don't have to answer that. I would honestly say it's a bit of both. Or a little at least stretch. that's how it feels. I think when you kind of believe, I don't, I don't know. I, I definitely for a long time didn't really believe in myself and my abilities. And yeah. that was also the time that I wasn't getting a job. And maybe there's a correlation there. Maybe, Taking the steps or whatever. Who knows? But. I, I would I think the belief in yourself part, you know, that that is like the hardest thing to do when you need to do it sometimes. I mean, I remember all through college trying to get anything. It's like people say, just put yourself out there, just Oh, for what? 
Gain. Internships, anything. Oh, okay, I mean, <laughs> right, right. When I right. lived in New York the first time, it was because I had done a summer the year before in Portland, and I really wanted to try the other coast. And I think I just applied to like 50, 75 jobs, anything that I could find yeah. on LinkedIn, on all the job sites, and everything sure. just that was in New York and seemed relative, like somewhat related to what I want to do because I just had this this kind of goal of I want to be in this environment and yeah. something eventually came through but a lot of things didn't and it's 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 partly yeah it's partly like the belief in yourself it's partly the dedication to the cause like taking the time to sit down and do those applications when yeah. it kind of feels like it's in vain it's part of right. perseverance I think you talked about yeah. that you know just the resilience I think I gave that to someone as a piece of advice the other day who was asking about creative careers I think uh-huh. what like things that you can't really be taught maybe yeah. in design school or art school is yeah. problem solving and resilience and those are two of the things that will always take you the farthest no matter what your level of experience on paper right. is no matter how well connected you are if you can be in a room and you can kind of look at what you have to work with and somehow find a solution that sure kind of takes into account what's available to you um yeah i applied for like maybe 30 photography jobs uh, the other ones that i applied for weren't photography but i i tried really tried hard to do what you're saying and apply to the ones that i was passionate about you know and the one i got was um a job i applied for sitting on the toilet at 5 a.m at my other job Hey, that's a good story, so, uh, though. I was very surprised <laughs> by that one because I did that one quick. <laughs> no, no, I think I think we need to share more of that. That's the reality of life that people, you know, don't want to acknowledge that it's actually like sometimes. Sometimes it feels like, you know, it's just all about having your hair perfect one day and you walk into a job interview and you just make that sure. impression and walk out and your life's all sorted. But I think it is more like a lot of nights where you're just scrambling because you have a couple days or weeks to figure out your next steps and yeah things aren't like that right now (laughs) i mean social media like i'm i'm working in social media like i said and that's not where i thought i'd end up but there's there's parts of it that i've found that i really love i mean getting to think about different kinds of people and and what they might see when they go to this weird little digital space and how they might be validated or how what might make them feel recognized or important or valued in ways that maybe their life or environment in reality doesn't and like how beautiful and empowering that can be i mean that's yes, i'm sure there's one <laughs> so i think we talked about different environments you know um I think something that I feel like you were asking about and just have also spent a lot of time figuring out is when you have something you're passionate about, how to pursue that, even if you don't have like the most immediate vehicle to get to where you want to go. Or I mean, if your portfolio is not there yet. Yeah. So like with creative careers, I think um, I I, lis- I was listening to an online presentation recently from Wyden and Kennedy over the summer. They did this whole series on um, for people who who had their jobs and internships canceled, and something they talked about was archiving your point of view and putting your point of view out there I think it's really easy to think that whatever you're making is not good enough and it's not it's not at the quality you want it to be when you want to put yourself out there and create a representation of yourself and definitely like a healthy dose of aesthetic 
standards is is good for anybody because it gives you something to keep aspiring for but really fast i when i first started taking pictures and i was doing landscape stuff i would take seven or eight pictures of the same shot like the same photo um like if i was taking a picture of like a tree line and a sky i would take like five or six pictures and then after a day of shooting i would have like 700 photos and I was trying to delete, pick and delete. And then now I only take like two, max three of the same shot because I know what I want to frame. Um, but yeah, that's just my experience. Yeah, I mean, I think we are our own toughest critics. Um, I would say when you're starting out or even when you're supposedly established in your career, it's always healthy to have people you feel like you can play around I mean for me it was all my friends for my entire growing up hood who let me stick a camera in their face whenever they probably really weren't feeling it but they just knew I was passionate about it and they loved me enough to put up with it I think the portraiture that I do that I feel most passionate about is of the people I love and and then when I take pictures in the world of people I don't know it's it kind of goes back to that love and having that safe kind of supportive environment even if it's not where I happen to be I mean I shot football all fall last year this time last year in the middle of nowhere in Ohio where I didn't look like anybody there and I had to go up onto the field I don't do sports photography but I was doing sports photography and the photojournalist I shot was always telling me that you just have to kind of get up in the action and that's really hard when you don't know which way the ball's about to go and like you know you're trying to dodge these like men who are four years younger and twice as large as you and all of that but I mean if I can deal with my friends not getting fed up with me and it's like you you just kind of have to go back to what you know wherever you find yourself and not be afraid of what that looks like and how that reflects upon you like lead with your passion but like don't forget where you find your purpose maybe my wife's gonna say something really fast before we end this episode I was just going to say, I feel like you talked a lot about kind of feelings of imposter syndrome. And I've been like nodding with you the whole time because I feel like not even just with creativity, but any job, especially when you're starting out in your 20s and it's like something you want to be a career, you want to be taken seriously. I feel like that is like the number one thing that is such a big hurdle to get over. Um, And I liked how you were saying like you just have to kind of put yourself out there because I think a lot of times I don't know about you but like there's people I'm like oh my goodness their art is so amazing or things like that and I'm like what I'm not even close to that point so what's the point of putting my stuff out there but then I like go back and I look at like their first thing they ever put out there and I'm like oh they weren't good or like oh they're so much better now and so that's really helpful for me to think like oh I'm comparing myself to like even if they're younger than me someone who's just further in their journey and like where I'm at on my journey isn't comparable to there and I don't need to compare myself to them but that's still even knowing that that like logically is true is so hard to get over (laughs) okay well yeah I'll speak a little bit to that um uh, because I know somebody's curious about um not feeling like your your project or your piece of art is is good enough or you're comparing it to somebody else's um 
I think that validation starts from like a young age. You want it from mom and dad. You want it from your friends or whatever. And that leads into like the stuff that you really love to do. And it can end up being a, a hindrance a little bit. Um, I don't know. You guys probably feel the same way. Um, I don't know. Shanti talked about it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think trial and error is the message for today. Um, yeah, I mean, just maybe that there's a place for everybody under the sun. I think there's just always this push and pull of where you came from and where you want to go and, and not wanting to forget your roots and, and what has kind of shaped you, but also wanting to be something new in the world and add something that's uniquely your own. And I think, man, <laughs> that's just... Everybody kind of wants to hit that balance, but you know the only way you find any kind of balance is figuring out what does and doesn't work for you. Just going back to your idea of of whether it's about money or stories, I think you should always lead with your story, and you should always kind of find your purpose and and passion in the lining of that. I think obviously we all need to make money in order to have a platform or have have the resources and there's kind of a lot that people are up against in this day and age and just in general that makes it hard to not think you should forego your passion ultimately for profit but I just I would like to believe that for for those of us who are able to find a way to really believe in what we want to do there's there's kind of a niche and there's a network for everyone and there's kind of a way to find your own way to that even if it doesn't look like what you might have first imagined it to um yeah i guess uh if you are passionate about it enough you'll find a way to support it whether it's um, with money or with time um morgan okay i have one last thing because i think accountability and saying your goals out loud is very powerful because we can talk all day long about going for it and all this stuff but I think when you proclaim it or um, say it then you're kind of have to be accountable to it so what is like your goal like oh man you want me to put this on record now I have to actually go make it happen work it um yeah, I would say I would say ultimately I just I want to be a force in the world that creates space for voices that might otherwise go unheard and I imagine that right now to look like being a creative director or art director where I'm kind of bringing together different pieces of expression to inform an idea and how it exists in the world but ultimately yeah, I I want to help people who have a message or kind of a motivation find the audience that needs to hear it. Um, I want to always be connected to art and kind of helping people, but not necessarily be an artist. I just, I think that visual expression, visual communication is just such an important way that we can all find commonality even when there's just so much division and, and just something that we can always go back to to unite us. Yeah, that's a, that's a wrap for today. <laughs> so... All right.